Welcome to another episode of Heroes and a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and not even acknowledging that we didn't release an episode last week. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. My name is Andy. And I'm Cody. And today on Heroes and, we are talking about Heroes and Star Wars The Force Awakens. So, spoiler alert for the entire movie. It's out there. We said it. If you haven't seen the movie yet, Go and see it now. Yes. We will be talking about and unpacking plot points, character development, and all the stuff in between there. So you heard it. There it is. Just go ahead and pause it if you haven't if you haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. Go go see it. Trust us. Go see it and then come right back. We'll be here. Come right back. We'll be then, waiting for you. Yeah, and then you can listen to the rest <laughs> of the episode. Uh, for this episode, we also have our friend John, who you may remember from our Back to the Future episode. John, go ahead and say hello. Hello. And we also have our friend Matt, who is our biggest star wars fan in in the you know in our in our team uh matt you may remember from our fall tv episode matt go ahead and say hi hi guys that's good i like that by the way that was a that was a good intro by cody he gave you the you title really, he built me up he did i mean i was you're, only on the second guy. highest grossing <laughs> podcast not like john who was on back to the future <laughs> that was a timing thing it was a timing thing uh, but like cody said today we're talking about heroes and star wars the force awakens and so uh we're gonna just dive right into it uh so fellas uh we'll, we'll ask our guests here uh in you know heroes heroes and style um you have one emoji to use as your review what is your emoji? What what would it be? So you can only pick one, you know, even if you use an one Android. One emoji to rule them all. Yeah, one, you know, Android like or iPhone. 500 of them on yeah. iPhone now. Yeah, so. you, they're, they're on both. Choose wisely. <laughs> what do you got? Matt, I'm going to ask you first. What's your emoji? I'm going to go with yellow hallelujah hands. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, just got just got praise. Just got praise how how good it is. I, there are a lot of things that could have happened with this movie, but it didn't stink. Good. Okay. All right, John. How about you, man? What's your emoji? I think I'm gonna go with uh, the big bag of money, like the <laughs> yellow bag with the dollar sign on it. Yes. I guess it's symbolic both of like the sentiment of like I just want them to take my money because I'm just gonna keep going back to see this movie, mm-hmm. and yes. then also like the boatload of money that this movie is continuing to rake in. So. Yes, yes, I I agree. I'm with you, John. I I gotta go with the emoji with the f- smiley with the face sticking out the tongue. But the tongue and the two eyes are money signs. What color, <laughs> that, what, what color is that tongue? Yeah, it's uh, green. It's a green, yeah, it it's a green tongue. So, to, again, represent the money that I am going to pour into this movie and then the money that it, this movie is collecting from the world. <laughs> so, uh, Cody, how about you, man? Mine is, and it's one of the newer emojis uh, that's on iPhone, but it's the one with the kind of like smiley face with the like, you know, rosy cheeks and the jazz hands. Yes. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> I like it, man. All right, so that was just a quick emoji review. But in all seriousness, let me get you just your quick, your first response, your quick response, your reaction to the movie, uh, fellows. What do you think of it? Well, I'll give it to John first. John, what do you think of it? Just a quick, you know, your first reaction to the movie. Uh, I I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I, I we had talked a little bit about this. Um, it was sort of exactly what I was expecting, and. Uh, I didn't think that I would go into The Force Awakens and sort of like dethrone any of the original trilogy movies as my favorites yeah. out of the entire series so far. 
Uh, but I think this movie was just a fantastic way to to set up all of the Star Wars that we're going to to see over the coming years. Yeah. So. All right, man. How about you, Matt? What did you think? I, I agree. I think it was everything I had hoped it would be. It did not underdeliver. It didn't overdeliver. It was exactly what I was hoping for. And honestly, just because it was better than all the prequels, yeah. it, it was a home run. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like Cody, man. How about you, man? What did you think of it? I thought it was really good. I uh, I will say that I don't think it beats out Jurassic World for my favorite movie of 2015. You're crazy. Okay. Okay. I am impartial. Yeah. To I can give you a couple hundred million reasons why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you 65 million years worth the reasons why you're wrong, Matt. So. I like it. I like it. Shots uh, fired. So, okay. uh, but yeah. But yeah. So, uh, but uh, I thought it was good. It it is right under Avengers for my favorite movie this year. Okay. All so. right. Um, for me, I would say I really, really liked it a lot. Um, I really didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. I, I, a lot, of, I didn't see a whole lot of the trailers. I tried my best to not read articles on it and you know all that. Um, but to me, I really, really liked it. I like if to use like the Netflix star rating, I'll probably give it a four star out of five. I don't think it was a perfect movie, but I really, really liked it uh, a whole lot. And uh, again, unfortunately, this is gonna sound crazy, but I've only seen it once. I know here at this table, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm is there dealing... anyone over three that's here at the table? No, no. You guys have all tied for two. Yeah. Two. So I, okay, so I'm not oh, that okay. far behind. You're, not, you're, <laughs> just, you're just one one showing and yeah. ten dollars behind. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I really, really liked it. No. Um, John, you kind of hit on it before already, uh, but you you said that it wouldn't knock down any of the original trilogy uh, for you know being your favorite. So just kind of in light of that. Uh, how would you guys rank it? Um, like rank all of the all of the seven Star Wars movies that we've seen so far. How would you How would you rank them? So yeah, all all seven. Now, um, Matt, you want to go first, man? I will. I will say that my ordering in sections of it can be fluid. Okay. So um, I would say right now, depending on my mood, number one would be Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Number two would be A New Hope. Those two can interchange. It's almost like 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after that, I would put The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, then followed by Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phantom Menace after that. Or I'm sorry, uh, Revenge of the Sith, then Phantom Menace, and uh, Attack of the Clones. So episode two would be last. Although that and Phantom Menace can also be interchangeable, <laughs> depending on my mood. <laughs> so. Is that because you just hate them both, or...? You just dislike them equally. I think it might depend on which one I've watched more recently. Mm. Because as I watch uh, Empire or Attack of the Clones, I think to myself, wow, it's a better movie than I give it credit for. Yeah. And then I'll watch Phantom Menace and I think the same thing. Okay. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, John, how about you, man? How would you rank them? Um, I've got to go with, I I think A New Hope is always my favorite, even though I would say Empire is objectively a better film because it's just, it's bigger, it's tighter, the, the, the pace of the movie, everything that's included and all the huge revelations for Star Wars that are in Empire, like just make it an astounding movie. Um, but I still just have such a strong sense of nostalgia for the original Star Wars. So I would go four and then five. And then I think, um... I think Jedi and Force Awakens are kind of in that fluid category for me. 
in that there are things about Return of the Jedi that I really, really love. Ewoks. And then not Ewoks. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I think all the stuff at the end with, with Luke and Vader and, and the Emperor and the stuff at the beginning at Jabba's Palace, all that stuff is cool. All the Ewok stuff on Endor in the middle is what I don't like about Jedi so much. I'm with you. So I'm with you on that. Um, but I still feel conflicted ranking Force Awakens above any of the original trilogy movies so soon. Like okay. I still have to. I still have to let it settle. Okay. That's fair. Me. Okay. Um, and then I put all the prequel movies into one like just bad movie at the bottom of the list <laughs> all the time. Um, but if I had to rank the prequel movies, uh, I would probably say. Revenge of the Sith, then Phantom Menace, and then Attack of the Clones is definitely the worst. Some of the dialogue in Attack of the Clones just like permanently puts that one at the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'll I'll go with my order. So I'm kind of a combination between between the two of you so far, actually. Um, so I would go Episode Five, and then Episode Four, and then I'll go The Force Awakens. I'll go Episode Seven. Um, I'll come back to episode six. Um, I'm with you, John, on that. The, e- the Ewoks. Mine's so different. I don't. All of you. I guys. think that's. I, there's a part of me that thinks it's a little cheesy. I don't know. I can't remember how old I was when I first saw that one. To be honest with you, so I don't know if it was a. I just thought like that was cheesy. I just maybe I thought that was I was too cool for you know these small little you know like teddy bears essentially like, you know. So I don't know if that was part of it, but. So now I still like. Eh, I, is it weird that I find the Ewoks terrifying now that they blink in the special editions? <laughs> that creeps that, me out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not weird. That is, yeah, it is terrifying. Um, so I think that's why six um, is in fourth place, um, and then I go three uh, Sith. I actually enjoy two. Um, that's where I differ from you guys so far. I like two. Um, I think there's um, some pretty cool stuff in that movie that people forget about. And then one, I, I think my biggest frustration with episode one is that they killed Darth Maul. I think that I think that's probably the thing that to me, I think, like frustrates me the most about episode one is that you had this incredible villain. Why kill him off so soon? He didn't die. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know he didn't die. Quote unquote. I get that. He grows but. spider legs, dude. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> that's spider my, Jedi. That's my spider Sith. That's my order. Cody, how about you, man? What's your order? This, I want to hear because. You said it's different. It than is, all. I know. He I, thinks we're crazy. It, it is. It's pretty. It is. Why you guys feel like you just all turned on me? Yes, we're not. Uh, so, we're all debating if we need to beat you up. After. <laughs> My number one is okay. Return of the Jedi. Wow. Okay. Now, what is so great about Return of the Jedi? What I love about Return of the Jedi is that Luke has finally arrived. Okay. He's kind of finished his training, and you know he's out to. Restore order to the force. Okay. Um, and actually, some of my love for that one comes from you, Matt, explaining that while, you know, in light of Revenge of the Sith, you know, in, in light of number three uh, and how it was supposed to be Anakin to, you know, restore order to the force uh, and realizing that it is Anakin, that, you know, that ultimately does that, yeah. I think is really cool. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that eventually in Re- Return of the Jedi... Anakin Darth, returns yeah. to the Jedi. You have me rethinking my list. <laughs> I can't disagree with myself. <laughs> can't argue with your own logic, Matt. So that brings me to number two, which actually is number Attack three. Attack of the Clones. No, no. <laughs> not, not Attack okay. of the Clones. Okay. Uh, is number three, is, Re- is Revenge of the Sith. Because no matter how many times I watch that movie, 
there's always part of me that's like, no, Anakin's not going to turn evil. Like, yeah. He's not going to turn to the dark side. Yeah. Somehow, some way, like, this time's going to be different. <laughs> um, so I love that. Also, that lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I think it's great. It, some people, we're just talking about, some people think it's, it goes too long or I can't no. remember what was the exception. But, I no. think that one, like, it starts off kind of cool, but then it totally jumps the shark whenever they're, like, floating above the lava and, like, jumping no. from, like, a droid that's, to that little, like, floating, part. like, cargo pallet. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it just gets ridiculous. And there's a part where they're just swinging their lightsabers back and forth in front of one another. I, so. I, I really enjoyed it. I can I see know. that. I can I, see some sometimes of the Sometimes I, I watch that one just to get excited about, you know, life. <laughs> I watched that. So, <laughs> so, so I, like, I, like, I'll think, like, I'll start talking to somebody about that scene, and I'm like, no, you just gotta pull it up. Like, we just gotta watch it because yeah, whatever. We can, <laughs> there's nothing that we can say is gonna be as good as just watching it. So. Andy, can you do your Obi Wan impression from I, that I scene? I was about to do it. I come was on, about to do come it. Come on. Oh gosh! Right here we go. You were supposed to defeat the Empire, not join it. There you go. Finally. Okay. So then, from there, from there, I go to number five. Uh, and then okay. and then I put seven in, in the fourth spot. Oh, I don't know why you got, I felt <laughs> okay, weird because it got quiet. No, we're listening, we're so, uh, am I right that we've not heard a new hope in your list at all yet? A new hope comes in at comes in at number five. That's incredible. Okay. Okay. Listen. I'm younger than you guys. No, no, no. It's, so it, I no, love it some Revenge of the... That's the Star Wars I, I grew up with, Matt. I don't you're have good. a problem with the prequels. You're, it's you're okay good. that you you're like good. the prequels. Right. Chuck Bobino, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Uh, so then from there, I have episodes two and one. Two and one, it's interchangeable. I haven't seen them in so long. Um, although I, do, I will say that I'm inclined to put one in that last spot, or you know, the second to last spot, uh, because of Darth Maul. And gotcha. because Raz Al Ghul was in there, so. You know, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's just our quick order. Um, but let's talk about this new movie, okay? So um, it just came out, and it's we've seen it a total of seven times here in just this one room. <laughs> Convenient. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's go over and let's talk about some some of our favorite parts about it and some of our least favorite parts about it so um i'll go i'll go to matt first matt what's your what's your highlight of the movie what would you say is your absolute favorite part of this new movie the force awakens what is it for you man that this is tough um there's so much about this movie that i thought they did right i I think if i had to pick one thing it was um I, i think the overall quality of acting throughout the movie and the chemistry of the new crew yeah i was impressed with i was a little nervous with harrison ford playing han solo again because i know he was kind of conflicted for the last almost 20 years (laughs) about him and being han solo but i think he nailed it i mean he brought him back he killed it um and then and part of me was afraid that it would be like watching old indiana jones Mm. it it just it was weird Mm -hmm. but i didn't feel that way watching han solo Mm -hmm. And I love that we actually got to see him smuggling. We never we, we knew he was a smuggler, but we never actually saw him actually being a smuggler. So I, I did enjoy that. But then I just felt like John Boyega, who played Finn, Daisy Ridley, who played Ray, and uh, um, and Poe Dameron, who yeah. played Oscar by Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. I just thought they meshed so well, yeah. and it was just believable. The the energy between them, I just thought it went. It was really good. Mm-hmm. For some, I, like to to go off of that quickly, like. That one scene when they escape, 
when Finn helps him escape. Yeah. And just like that one interaction that they have to, have to team up and to get out of there. And like, that was really mm-hmm. just the, that was their whole relationship in that one scene. But for some reason, I really felt like, yeah, that was enough to give them. So- they history. went from being enemies to besties. Yeah. Quick. <laughs> it yeah. was really weird. Like <laughs> I, 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 I bought it though. Like I didn't, I never once questioned it. Like yeah. for some reason I thought, yeah, because of their experience and how long they've known each other, a total of I mean, 30 minutes. When a guy names like, you, like that's <laughs> that kind is of a true. big deal. That is yeah. true. And, and the other thing I would add to that too is I, I, I've heard some bizarre stories about Carrie Fisher. Okay. Yeah. And, but I thought she played Leia so well. You know, she's just she had the same demeanor, that mm-hmm. same seriousness, but yet compassion. Yeah, I thought she killed it too. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I thought both both Harrison Ford and you know and Carrie Fisher in I thought they did a great job of playing aged you know versions of the characters. Yeah, uh, both just like understanding where Han Solo's at and like the way they both kind of dealt. You know, Han Solo and Leia have yeah. both kind of dealt with uh, dealt with you know the events prior to the movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how about you, John? What was your, uh, you know, your highlight, your favorite part about the Force Awakens? I I would echo uh, particularly um, the idea of Harrison Ford as Han Solo. I, I really do think he nailed it, and um, I loved like just seeing him and Chewbacca like be themselves again. Yeah. You know, I love the the banter between them and stuff. Whenever mm-hmm. they're on that uh, like that cargo freighter, and um, you know, Finn and Ray are asking, like, how are we going to get out of this whenever the, you know, those two, yeah, like, warring yeah. clans show up? And he's like, I'm going to talk my way out of it like I do. And then Chewbacca <laughs> says something, and he's like, yes, I do. Every time. And just, like, those silly little lines are yeah. the thing where... Um, like, with his weapon, even, like, when he... I, I, I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was pretty I, cool. I think my favorite one is when they're on, like, when they're on the Starkiller base. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Han Solo like, is talking to... Finn about you know like what they're gonna do and all mm-hmm. that and then he like Chewie says something and he Han Solo turns and he's like oh you're cold yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, like, it's really funny yeah. I also like the moment when they're like in that scene and stuff whenever uh, like Han realizes Finn doesn't have a plan and so Finn says we we could use a force and he's like that's not how the force works <laughs> like just all that stuff was just to me it was so magical because it's so steeped in like who he is as a character and it was fun to see Harrison Ford play all that stuff. Uh, and not phoned it in that he really seemed like he was having fun with it, and he really like I, I bought all of it. Yeah, I, I connected with all of it. It's true. So. All of it. It's all. Oh, of it. oh my gosh. <laughs> all of it. Um, it was, I mean, he really yeah, he did a great job with that role again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody, how about you, man? What, what do you think? What was your highlight of the movie? My favorite point, I think, of the movie is uh, is just BB-8. Mm, yeah. I thought he stole the show uh, from. I mean, he's the first character that we really see, that we see, you know, first yeah. of any of the characters that we see. And I, I thought that he, he did, a, he, he, you know, this robot, <laughs> uh, whoever's controlling that little app, you know, yeah. who's that, whoever's behind screen, like off screen on an iPad. Yeah. Um, I thought did a great, I thought did a great job. I thought he, uh, like even more so maybe than R2 sometimes, uh, like his, his expressions and, you know, just the way like he's. Cuter. The way he's communicating, he's, he's, he's yeah. cuter. Is, is, yeah, it was yeah. just really was really cool, and it seemed like really genuine. Like yeah. when when Finn said, when Finn tells him that Poe didn't make it, like mm. yeah. he re- genuinely was like, like he like kind of looks down and then he like rolls away. Yeah, and then and then when he sticks the thumbs up, I thought it was so like it was, was just amazing. really funny, really clever. But yeah, 
Yeah, whole, it's gonna be that BB-8 for me. The whole time I knew, like, this is this is the droid we all. This is the droid <laughs> we're we looking all for. <laughs> this is the one. That's it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, Spiro has that little that little toy. I don't need one of those necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really like. There's been several moments this weekend that I was like, no, I need to buy one. Like, I, yeah. this is something I need to have. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, especially with BB-8, I loved because of the way it was designed and that it was like this rolling sphere that like you could put him into all of these fast-paced action scenes that you couldn't put 3PO or R2-D2 mm-hmm. into yeah. mm-hmm. just because of the way that they're designed in general. Yeah. And, and they're usually stationary or moving slowly or running around people that are frantic. But I love that BB-8 was trailing all of the action yeah. Yeah. whenever there was... And you think about the Sands of Jakku. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he was built for that. Yeah. <laughs> Was, and I also loved how he got sucked up into the X-wing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of yeah. grabbed him by the head and yeah. popped him up. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, he was great, man. And then I the whole time I was like, "This is I'm going to feel uh, uh, my feelings towards BB-8 is is going to be similar to the way I feel about Wally." Hmm. Yeah, like, that was my thought going into the movie. I just for some reason just the small little clips I've seen of I, I saw of BB-8. I just thought he's gonna like this guy's gonna kill it. Like he's gonna do. He's gonna be the droid and yeah. and so um i love wally wally had all those emotional highs and lows and connections with the you know with the audience mm-hmm. i thought bb8 was able to do something very very similar if not better you know cody you like this in the first showing that i went to uh whenever they're in the millennium falcon and bb8 shoots out those like like mm-hmm. harpoons to like yeah, stabilize yeah, himself yeah. somebody yeah. in front of me was like oh that's just like spider-man like it just blew their mind but that's great. That's awesome. That's <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So uh for me, my my high point of the movie, um, and this is kind of like a, a blanket statement. There are so many good things to pull from this movie. It could there's so many other things that we can go on and on about why it did so well, why it's such a good movie. But for me it was um honestly the the effects. That's one of the things I was really kind of nervous about was how they were going to pull off the effects, mm. um, what they were going to bring back from the orig- original trilogy, um, what what they were going to use for, like, you know, CGI. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was really concerned about that, especially, obviously, the prequels. It was all CGI for the most part, you know, and, and then the original mm-hmm. was not, you know, it was all, you know, puppets or people in, you know, you know eight hours of makeup, whatever, you know, and so... Um, I was just really concerned about that, to be honest with you. So I just wanted to make sure that it felt like Star Wars and it really didn't. Like, I just felt like this is it. Like, I didn't miss a beat from, you know, I just jumped right into seven and it's go time. I didn't need to be refreshed on the feeling of the planet or the feelings mm-hmm. of uh, how people talked even or, you know, anything like that. Sure. Like, it was just I was back in that whole world and much credit to special effects guys and, you know. Uh, and really, JJ as well, you know, for not going too far into CGI and going crazy with mm. um, the special effects. Uh, so that's my that's my high point of the of the movie. Um, let's talk. Obviously, we gotta go the other side of the force, and we gotta talk low points. Um, let's talk about the, the your least favorite part of the movie, or the thing that concerns you, or maybe upset you the most. Um, so let's go. Let's go first to let's go first to John. Uh, John, what do you think? What, what was your low point of the movie? Uh I think for me, there there weren't many things about it that I, I I didn't like, but I think the thing that was probably most jarring to me, jumping off of like speaking about effects and how yeah. they were able to do so much with sets and makeup and practical in camera mm-hmm. 
uh, stuff, and then using CGI to sort of blend that or augment it or create the scenes where there are the X-Wing and TIE Fighter battles that still feel like they belong in yeah. the practical world that we're seeing for most of the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, so that said, I think it was a little disappointing uh, to see Maz Kanata and Supreme Leader Snoke as mocap characters. As fantastic a job as, as they did creating those characters and trying to blend them in, for me, it still kind of took me out a little bit to see all this lush world that the the actors are wandering around in, and then to see a, a CGI mocap character. I would have liked to have seen Snoke as a makeup character, a puppet or something, and um, maybe there's a reason why they chose to do that, that we haven't actually seen much of him yet, but for whatever they have planned for him, perhaps it'll be more practical to yeah. have him as a CGI character. But yeah. Okay. That was it for me. All right, how about you, Matt? What was your uh, least favorite part of the movie? I think, uh, you know, a lot of movies, there's that MacGuffin, that one thing that just mm-hmm. kind of drives the story but really has no significance, even though at the beginning of the movie it seems so significant. And yeah. obviously in this movie, the MacGuffin was Starkiller Base. But to me, it just it, – it's another Death Star story mm-hmm. and almost like ripping the pages directly out of A New Hope and yeah. with there being the the weakness the, the uh, in the armor there, so mm-hmm. to speak, and they were able to attack it, the trench run going into it. Um, while I love a lot of the throwbacks to the original films, and we will talk about that in a little bit, but – I just thought, man, they could have chosen so many other things to use instead of another Death Star slash uh, Starkiller base. And uh, so I would have preferred that. And they made jokes about it. I mean, Han Solo yeah, made a couple of he, quips. Yeah, he's, he makes the joke about, like, there's always a way to blow it up. Then, But there's even, like, I, I feel like they try to play it up a, a couple ways. Like, when they, they have the, like, this was the Death Star... This is Starkiller Base, and yeah. it's, you know it's massive. They build it up, and then it like when they you know they destroy a whole system, whereas the Death Star would only destroy one planet at a time. Yeah, they make it seem like I I don't doubt that it's a big threat. It's just it's, it's too close. It's Death Star three point And I think I think the thing that made me kind of like it's almost like they try to I don't know if this was intentional. Maybe it was. I don't know, but almost insult our intelligence. <laughs> you know, like the. They almost like they added different barriers to it. But first, before we destroy, like before we get the perfect shot or before we get in there to get this, you know, near impossible shot, we first got to put the shields down. So it was almost like. Which they had to do in the original film, too. Yeah, yeah. That's what Obi-Wan Kenobi was doing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, He had to put the shield. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, maybe they were trying to add one or two more different things to to get over Mm -hmm. or to accomplish first. But. At the end of the day, it was very similar to the Death Star. Like, you know, come on. Like, so, yeah, I can I can see that. And kind of piggybacking off that, that's kind of the, my biggest issue uh, with the movie is that it very much parallels the plot for A New Hope. And then even, I would say, the first kind of section of, of uh, you know, episode five in that this, like the storyline's very similar. There's some major plot points that are, are very similar from, the, you know, things like the Death Star or the droid being stuck on a planet, you know, on a desert planet, even yeah. you know, to take it to the next level. Um, but I will say that I, if if the rest of the of this new trilogy of seven, eight, nine uh, doesn't follow the you know follow really any of the pre- prequels or the original trilogy, uh, then I will I will re- withdraw that withdraw that issue. I'm just concerned. Like what I don't want to see is the same movies 
you know, kind of retold all over. Like, I don't want a reboot, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the original trilogy. But I think, uh, and I can see that, and um, but a lot of George Lucas, uh, the, the, um, the mythology of Star Wars is based off Joseph Campbell's a Hero's Journey, mm-hmm. and that is a lot of what we see. So it doesn't even, even if you had it in different places, a different type of planet, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have this hero from a humble beginning, mm-hmm. find out that there's a need for this hero to step up kind of step back from that and run away as Ray did and then jump. I mean, so it would feel similar no matter what, because when you talk about a hero's journey, Luke Skywalker is the one that people always point to. Yeah. So there's always going to be a lot of that. So I I think part of it was, yes, there is a lot of callbacks to the movie. And again, we'll talk about that in a bit, I'm sure. But a lot of it's just the mythology of Star Wars in itself. Yeah. And you can't, you really, there's, there's only, there's only so many stories you can tell without it somewhat blending or being similar to another story. You know, yeah. so like even that classic hero, hero's journey that we see that formula, we can see that in a movie like The Lion King. You have Simba. He's a, he get, you know, he's supposed to be this step up to his role. He retreats. They need him. He's the only one that can come back. He comes back stronger. He can, you know, save the day like that classic flow of story like that hero's, hero's journey is, you know, it. You see, you see it a lot in movies, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Like you can't rewrite that stuff, you know. Um, so I can I can see some of your frustration, Cody, with with some of that. Can some I tell you? Can I tell you what would be the, the what would um, be the straw that broke the camel's back for me in regards to that? Is sure. if somehow, some way, in the next movie, there's a line where Luke Skywalker looks at Ray and says, "Ray, I am your father." Yeah. At that point, I'm like, God, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I'm done. Which is very, yeah, it can be easily. Even oh if he gosh. is your father, there's so many other ways to say it. But if he drops the line, "I am your father," yeah, I'll be done. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if that would put it over the top for you. It, it would be too close. Yeah. Uh, for me, the my biggest frustration of this movie, and you, I've said it already to you guys a couple times. Um, is Kylo Ren when he takes off his mask and we reveal, we see his face for the first time. And then after that, after that point, we, he shows up in the rest of the movie at times without his mask. And to me, that's my biggest frustration, one of my biggest frustrations of the movie, along with some of the callbacks to the original trilogy. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But you have this great villain that looks sick like he just looks he looks great he's a great villain the mask is great even the hood when he wears that hood See, I, I i have less issue like once he takes the mask off that's fine but i don't like that once he takes the hood off the first time then at most of the time you see him like even with his mask on he doesn't have the hood on yeah. like it just like and i think it's just a thing of i think it looks really cool yeah with the hood and it probably it's a callback to my love for the assassin's creed games yeah uh, and i just like the murder hood you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah i i'm i'm with you i can understand that. it's so frustrating and then what made me like it, i was watching the movie and I was, I was like, come on, like put the mask back on, like put the hood on, come on. And then it just brought back old feelings that I had that I, I thought I was able, I, I dealt with, but I guess not. But it brought back feelings from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And in that movie, same thing. The reveal is who's this guy. He has a sick goggle and mask look. We figure out who he is. And then next time we see him for this last fight, no mask. And I'm like... Just because we know who who you are, doesn't mean you that can't doesn't rock. Mean he's gonna stop wearing the mask. Yeah, like look, like that's part of your character. Like that was my frustration, and so 
Um, it was just so, it was so disappointing. And this isn't fair to, uh, this isn't fair to Adam Driver, but I like the week or two before I saw episode seven, I saw another movie that he was in uh, called um, While We're Young. If I'm not mistaken, that's the name of the movie, but it has Ben Stiller. And in that movie, he plays a, um, just like a bratty hipster, like just like a, a hipster to like the 10th degree. And so the whole time he's in this movie, like that's all I saw when he was on mass, like this hipster character. He's like, kind of bratty in this movie though, right? Yeah. He, <laughs> he throws temper tantrums. He does, and, uh, he does. That's true. So maybe that, I don't know, but I was just like, oh, come on, do you put the mask back on? So, um, that was, that was my biggest, uh, frustration with, uh, with this movie. But, um, but let's one of the key plot points of this movie was trying to figure out the identity of Kylo Ren, who, who he was, a connection, how he fits in the story. Um, Obviously, we learned in the movie that he is the son of Han Solo um, and Leia, um, which is why the that's the connection to the Force. Did you were you guys uh, expecting that? Were you guys okay with that? Are you guys cool with it? Were you guys you guys have any thoughts or anything like that uh, on that point of the movie or the storyline or anything like that, Matt? I, I would uh, a couple thoughts. I I was surprised at how nonchalantly Snoke just kind of dropped that bomb. Like I didn't expect it coming, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he you know, talks about Han being his dad. So I was just kind of shocked in the moment because I wasn't expecting it. And then I think the other thing was I was so focused on who Ray and Finn were related to that I never, I mean, didn't really think about Adam Driver too much or Kylo Ren too much. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and he's the only one who we know his who his parents are. Yeah. Right, and when so, the yeah. um, so I'm good with that, mm-hmm. and I'm good with that, and I would be okay if that's the only Skywalker connection we have, kind of moving into this next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of taken by surprise in a good way. Good, okay. Yeah. How about you, John? Um, I, I, I appreciated it. I, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, you know that he was their son, or and I think it was sort of one of those things, like when they cast somebody that looks like him, he does sort of kind of look like a cross between what you would think yeah. Han yeah. and Leia's kid mm-hmm. would look like, you know? Um, but I agreed with you in that I, I was surprised that they definitively answered that question halfway through the movie in, in a kind of an offhanded way. Yeah. Um, I wondered what would happen if they had saved that reveal for when Han steps out onto the platform and confronts Kylo Ren. Uh, but then... Part of me thinks that would have been steering too close to the, like <laughs> the reveal yeah. in Empire. Yeah. So they probably did that so that we're prepared for it as an audience, even though yeah. people probably saw that coming. And they're way able before to the have that started. time where, like, with the stuff with Leia and Han. Yeah. That you know before they leave to, you know, to go take on Starkiller Base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot that they were actually able to tell and unpack for us that happened between Han and Leia. Like mm-hmm. they were, we were able to get. A and even bit. where Luke's at, too. Yeah, in that. yeah. We were able to get some of that, you know, some of their history, you know, where have they been so far? What what have they gone through? Yeah. To bring us up to this point. Um, I, I was, I'm with you. I almost like, I, I almost zoned out for that part of that movie because I was like, maybe like messing around with like my popcorn or something like that. I was like, oh, they're just talking about like an evil plan. <laughs> like, I, I really didn't even like. <laughs> Nothing to see I, here. Yeah, I almost <laughs> did. I almost missed it. And then all of a sudden he was like, you know, your father is going to be there or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. he mentions Han Solo. And I was like, that was it. Like, 
that's who he is. You know, it definitely, um, it definitely caught me, caught me off guard a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what was interesting going back to what you said about his look is a little unknown fact about me is I am a subscriber to GQ magazine. Okay. Okay. And well, now the whole internet knows. So. I know. <laughs> it's not little known anymore. Uh, yes. but in September, September or August of 2014, yeah. when it was announced that Adam Driver was in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We didn't quite know a lot about him, but he was on the cover. And it was Adam Driver from Girls to Star Wars at light speed. So this is the first time it really... And then they have him on the cover, and they have him s- dressed very similar to Han Solo. Mm. Okay. And so at that point, I'm like, yeah, he kind of does look like a Harrison Ford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense. And part of that is also why I think he takes his mask off. Because yeah. want, they want you to see that. It was so. It was. I was so bummed out. See, I, had, I get it. Like I had predicted I that. Like, on. like you I, predicted the mask off. I, or? I predicted that he was Han so Han and Leia's son. Okay. Even like I had, and I was actually like, there was part of me that was like, I just got really excited because I my prediction was so accurate. Yeah. Because like I had predicted that he was like that that. He was the reason that like that Luke is in Aragon, yeah. you know, that Luke's in exile mm-hmm. because he failed, you know, he failed with Kylo Ren yeah. and such. I, I, I didn't even really like pay attention to if who was playing him or anything like that going into it, but I wasn't surprised by it because I kind of already thought it through. I felt like so. Yeah. Um. So so that was the big uh, Kylo Ren, you know, big twist. The big reveal was. Um, that it was Han Solo's son and, and Leia's son. Um, we kind of, some of us saw it coming, Cody. Like you saw it, co- you, you saw it coming. Um, but obviously, let's talk about that that scene that you mentioned, John, um, about that when they ha- they were there on that on that long walkway, um, and we see our, one of our heroes die. Um, let, there's so much that happens in that scene. So I, I know Matt, you you kind of have some details on that scene, some key elements of that scene. Um, they're on that walkway, um, and there's a line that's said actually before that scene even gets there. It's the the line about the light. Yeah. What was the line is what now? As long as there's light, there's hope. I believe mm-hmm. it was something along those lines. Yeah. And I don't have any details, but I mean, John and I were it's talking about Leia this. Off. I think Leia mm-hmm. says it to Han. Before she, before yes. they leave, okay, and where she has the, just bring our boy home or something along those lines, and so there's already emotion going into this, but just the lighting of it, and I, I think it's fun to debate. I know you, Andy, think that he was evil through and through, mm. that him yeah. killing his dad was just part of his evil plan. I kind of tend to think he's conflicted. We I see that he's con- fighting I'm, light I'm and dark. You, I think he was conflicted. And I think you see that in the way they shot it, because it wasn't until that star was fully absorbed by Starkiller and the, everything went dark that yeah. he actually killed his father. Yeah. So I like to think that he was conflicted the whole time. Yeah, John, how about you, man? Do you think uh, he's... Torn between the two sides, you think he's all on one side? What are your thoughts? I absolutely do believe that um, when he says to Han, like, I'm being torn apart, uh, you know, I, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. I think that was genuine for him. So yeah. I do think that his conflict is real. Uh, I loved the way that they lit that scene in kind of depicting the struggle that's going on. Yeah. Um, and we had talked a little bit about this where as he and Han are first talking and the the star killer base is still charging the weapons so there's light in the sky outside mm-hmm. um over the top as you're looking at the screen over the top of Kylo Ren's left shoulder mm-hmm. so the right side of the screen for us is blue light from like the planet outside being charged 
and that half of his face is lit blue. And then on the other shoulder is red light from inside of the base itself, Mm -hmm. and that half of his face is red. So symbolizing kind of that conflict and that struggle from the light side to the dark side. And as soon as as the weapon is done charging (laughs) and all the light disappears, everything cuts to red just before he, like, fires the lightsaber. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and even to the point where, like, the side that Han is standing on is mm -hmm. the side where the light is coming in. You saw this? You caught that too? Yeah. Man, where was this, I? Like, Han, <laughs> just the way, just like, and it's even like Han walks out into the light, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So where, so where Han's standing in the light, and then just a, maybe a few steps, it may even be to where Han walks the whole way, uh, but he is very much or very close to right where the edge of like the light stops, the like light is sh- being shown in from the door that Finn and mm-hmm. you know Finn and Ray open. He's like kind of right at the edge there where he's like, like John said, he's very just a little bit in the light, a little bit not. I th- I think that he was conflicted the whole, the whole like going up to it because when he pulls out his lightsaber, he says, like he tells Han that he is struggling, you know, he f- has this conflict within him, you know, and when he first hands it out, his hands are open, like he's holding the lightsaber and Han reaches and st- to take it from him, right? But it's like he's not trying to like it. He Han very easily could if Han wanted to make a quick tra- grab for the lightsaber. I think done. he could have taken it and he could have taken it out of his hand mm-hmm. if Han was just trying to just trying to put him down. But that's you know obviously like Han wanted to bring his son back, and so it's not then. It's not until then the light goes out outside, and the the whole room is now cast in this red you know Sith darkness kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know metaphor. That we see him, then he said, like, then he figures it out and he says, now, thank you for, thank you for helping me. And, you know, and turns on a lightsaber. And in that moment, then you, it cuts it very quickly. It cuts to his hands. And just so you see, his hands are now closed around the lightsaber, meaning that he's not going to give it. He's not going to give it up to Han anymore. He's not going to hand it over. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, I, I don't think that he, I don't think that he was, you know, having an issue with that. I think he was torn. They could. They played it out. They did. They showed scenes where he was somewhat conflicted. I'm not saying that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I am saying that he's that he's fully dark side now, and that confliction, the the going back and forth, all that is done. That's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm going to go on record to say. I'll agree with that. I think at this point, he's that him killing his father is uh, killing Han was the end of any hope that he had to coming to the light. Hmm. It's, uh, you know, I was even sharing this with my wife, Brittany, and she was like, so you don't want a, you don't want Kylo Ren to have like this redemption, uh, you know, to a character. And I was like, I was like, it's not that I don't want him to have redemption is that I don't want to see another Darth Vader. Like, that's what I don't want, you know? So I want him, if this is the bad guy, I want him to be the bad guy. I'm right there with you. I just I want don't, him. To, I just want him to stay evil. Yeah, and I'm point. and I'm and, and it is what it is. It, it is what it is. Matt, you're shaking your head. No, I There's, disagree. There is no light. There is no hope. <laughs> well, let, what do you got? What can do you I got? just read something to you real quick? Yes, this is please. from the novelization of the book or the movie. Are you going to break right. our hearts right now? No. It just first it says smiling. Han reached for the weapon. Okay. Then, as the light from outside was fully blocked by the flow of descending, accumulating dark energy, hmm. Ren ignited the lightsaber and the fiery red beam lanced outward to pierce Han's chest from front front to back. So lighting is a key in the scene. Mm -hmm. But then here's the other thing. This is Kylo's reaction to this. Okay. 
Stunned by his own actions. Stunned? Come on. Kylo Ren fell to his knees. Following through on the act ought to have made him stronger, a part of him believed. Instead, he found himself weakened. He did not hear the roar of the enraged Wookiee above, mm. but he did feel the sting of the shot from the bowcaster as it slammed into his side, knocking him back on the walkway. They're, so even then, it, it, it out, man. I think you know he did it hoping it would make him stronger, make him this evil bad guy, but it didn't do it. It's, mm. it's so see, I'm a, I just don't want another Darth Vader, and that's what that sounds that's, like. And that, that sounds like Vader 2.0. Faster, stronger, not a robot. See, now, I I think, though, for me, I think that if they spend the next several movies having Kylo Ren teetering back and forth on trying to decide whether he's good or bad, then there really is no room for him to have a redemptive arc because he never truly tips over to the dark side. He's never truly, like, beyond the point of what we think is hope. Um, Whereas, like, even Darth Vader has this, like, redemptive end... At, yeah. his, at his story arc to where he's Anakin again for those last few moments before he passes on. Yeah. That's why he becomes a force ghost later and stuff like that. That I think um, like for Kylo Ren to do something that we think you don't come back from is exactly what has to happen in order for there to be any chance of him. Right. And that's yeah. that's kind of why I want yeah. him to stay. I want him to stay dark. I will say that if he if he comes back maybe in episode eight. And, you know, maybe halfway through or, you know, towards the end of episode eight, he comes back. And then we spend a whole movie where he is working, you know, with the resistance and he's working with Luke and with with Finn and Ray and all those guys. I would be okay with that if he if like, but I don't see that conversion. We see that conversion in the sooner than. Yeah. Like I want if he if he's going to come back, I don't want it to be right at the tail end of the end of this new trilogy. I want it to be like I want to see a full movie where he is struck. He, he maybe he is still like having being pulled to the pulled to the dark, maybe. But what I would, if I want him primarily in the light. If he's gonna come back mm-hmm. to the light at all, like I want to see that on screen. Gotcha. Uh, for a lot of the time. So, but that is, we're we're at about time for uh, part one of our Star Wars: The Force Awakens episode, and so we will we will be talking more on Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, you can check out the rest of the conversation on Wednesday when that episode comes out. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Luke Skywalker as well as our new heroes, more on kind of Kylo Ren as well as some of our new villains, and then we'll kind of dive into the parallels of uh, our parallels to the original trilogy uh, as well. Take social media. All right, so uh, go ahead and just follow us on social media, and uh, we would greatly appreciate that. You can do so on Twitter and Instagram at heroes underscore and. Go ahead and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash heroes and. And if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, whatever, uh, you know, any feedback is good, uh, you can email us at heroesandpodcasts at gmail.com. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to Heroes and. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Cody. And we're out.